We're excited to be bringing you this podcast produced by our company, ADV Marketing. ADV Marketing develops high quality and cost-effective marketing materials for a wide range of businesses. Our relationship-driven business model and customized marketing solutions makes us the perfect partner for small businesses looking to grow. I'm Sarah, Creative Director at AEV Marketing. Join me here with the rest of my team on Marketing Matters every other Monday to discuss business-to-business marketing topics. Now let's get into the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Marketing Matters, a podcast where we discuss all things marketing-related and how it applies to your business. So I am Sarah. For newcomers. <laughs> this is Morgan. We're so excited to be here with y'all. Morgan. Yes. What are we talking about today? Oh my gosh. This is another thing that like I have a lot of interest and experience in and that's mm-hmm. email marketing and kind of just an overview of it. Yeah. Let's do it. We have some stats. Mm-hmm. Okay. So according to HubSpot, 37% of brands are actually increasing their email ba- budget now. Mm-hmm. So is this a good or a bad thing, Sarah? Okay, well, I'll give my opinion, and you can disagree with me. Actually, maybe I don't have an opinion. Maybe I just have thoughts in general about this. That's an opinion. I guess so. So first, when I saw that stat that we were going to talk about that, I thought of the fact that, okay, if they're increasing budgets, then that means there's more emails. Mm -hmm. I guess theoretically you could have just like better emails, but I'm pretty sure it means more emails. Yeah. (laughs) being sent to inboxes and every marketer knows that when you increase noise it's harder to stand out from the crowd Um, that's actually why that people recommend that you increase marketing in recession because everyone else is decreasing budget so you're more likely to stand out but that is just a marketer's perspective on that Um, but anyway back to email marketing so when I saw that I was like okay that means more competition basically Mm -hmm. that you have to stand out so it's more important that you have a value-driven email. Would you agree with yeah. that, or do you think it's a good thing? I think it's definitely good and bad, and I can see both sides of it, because mm-hmm. to me, I feel like email marketing is underutilized, mm-hmm. um, which is so surprising, because during the workday, think about how long you're on your email, because you're constantly looking at stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't like when I get a whole bunch of spam emails, and I'm trying to do my job, and I'm trying to figure out like what you sent me, and I have to go through all this clutter. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know if you're sending out good emails, I'm okay with it. I know. And I mean, we'll talk about what we like about emails, but I mean, I do read branded emails. Mm-hmm. It just depends on what's in them. Yeah. I don't know a single person that doesn't read a branded email and just like yeah. isn't subscribed to something. Yeah. And I mean, I have joined subscription lists. Actually, I join a lot of them for my job. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe there is merit to that. Now yeah. I'm thinking about my own habits. But honestly, it kind of also depends, like, what your industry is. Yeah, industry and your interest in general. Like, mm-hmm. if you're just working your job to work your job and you really don't care about the industry you're in, yeah, then you're not going to subscribe to as many. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so that's a that's hot takes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just got deep real quick. <laughs> um, the next one comes from HubSpot as well, and that's actually Statista? Yeah. Okay, HubSpot and Statista. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and it's just that consumers spend, on average, 10 seconds reading branded emails. Yeah, I like this one. It's very similar to, like, just marketing in general. Like, you only have seconds, maybe milliseconds, maybe just, like, a glance mm-hmm. <laughs> to really make an impact, which is why 
Oh my gosh, talk about hot takes. This is like a, this is a steamy one. Um, <laughs> so when you're creating collateral for like a conference, first of all, lots of things are happening at conferences and people are usually like picking up business cards, picking mm-hmm. up flyers. Um, salespeople usually have it in their hands for when like someone stops by and like, here, remember me, take this thing so that if you see it later on, maybe you'll call me, that kind of deal. Those have a lot of words on them. Mm-hmm. I, as a marketer, we know that not everyone sits down and is like, let me read my brochures now. Yeah. You know, like, no one, no one is going to spend that amount of time. And this goes back to like my favorite saying where consumers are lazy, selfish. And what's the last one? Oh, something about lazy and selfish. Well, that's the most <laughs> important part because yeah. they are not going to take the time to read it and they're going to only look for things that pertain to them. Yeah. So same with emails. I mean, when I get a newsletter, even if it's a company I love, I skim it. I yeah. don't sit there and I don't read all the blurbs. I skim it and I go and look. I'm like, what in this email do I need to know? Yeah. Is it an article? Is it a discount? Yep. But also you can't just send an email with five bullet points. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll like, get into that. Skim. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess you could if you really want to stand out. It'd be kind of the equivalent of like that one Super Bowl ad with just the QR code. Yeah. Like you just sent five bullets in your email and you're like, that's it. Yeah. That kind of drives some buzz. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. We should try it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Experiment with that. Yeah. Um, okay. Then our last stat is from Constant Contact. And I guess it kind of goes hand in hand with the increase in the email budget because email has a $36 ROI for every dollar spent. Yeah. Which is really high if you're thinking about like typical channels or typical industry benchmarks. I will say that that is very likely to be B2C mm-hmm. stat, which B2B is hard. It's hard to measure. So usually we lean on B2C stats a little mm-hmm. bit, but email by far definitely has a really impressive ROI when comparing to other channels. Yeah. So, I mean, it's there, but okay. So we gave you all these stats and everyone yeah. like, so everyone, <laughs> most platforms talking about the value of email, everyone has email, everyone checks their email, blah, blah, blah. It's like ubiquitous, right? And that's great for a channel. However, one of the biggest things that we hear from clients in the industries that we serve is that the number one thing they do not want to do is email. Yeah. Like that is like point blank. We are just not a company that will email our customers things about us, which I get and we respect, yeah. but this episode is to kind of be like maybe there's another option out yeah. of there like you don't have to be annoying if you're yeah. emailing I feel like there's a lot of parts of marketing that get that kind of connotation with it like it's too much it's annoying mm-hmm. um but it's all about leveraging it the right way yeah and the right time to the mm-hmm. right people yep yeah. and so that kind of goes into our next segment and mm-hmm. the fundamentals of email marketing and kind of building that out and what it should look like yep so Subject line. I feel like that's the first thing. And that's also the thing that a lot of people get stumped by. Because it's like, how do I summarize this and make it catchy, make it appealing, and just drive clicks? Yes. I would say that there's certain tricks you can do with subject lines that tend to be like, you'll probably get higher open rates if you do this. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to caveat that and say, like, I have tested various techniques like this. And it doesn't always work. So you really have to know your audience and you have to know what they would want to see and what they would want to open. So an example is 
usually an industry best practice is to ask questions because punctuation just as a consumer behavior draws more attention. Mm -hmm. So if like there's a punctuation mark that stands out from the crowd, your eye's going to get like locked in on that. However, when I have A-B tested subject lines that were either questions or statements, the statements did better. Mm. That could have been just for the client. That yeah. could have been like just for that one email. But like that's what I saw and that's how I optimized the email. And so I didn't question that because if that's what the data's yeah. telling me. Yeah. So it doesn't always work out. But question marks one, typically they'll recommend uh, emojis <laughs> in your subject lines, which we have thoughts on. Yeah. <laughs> And then no capital capitalization. Really? Yeah, it's very spammy. Yeah, you have to use your subject line in a way that proves that you are a human and not a spammer. <laughs> like, but like all caps. Yes. Okay, because I use like title case. Title case is fine. Okay. All caps is immediately spammy. Actually, you might not even make it into the inbox if you use all caps. Yeah, that would make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so then you got your subject line. Mm -hmm. We're going to just go and skip till you've already made the email, but what is your audience <laughs> that you're making this email for? Yes. Okay, so this one's, this one's big because when you do research on effective emails, one of the biggest recommendations that you'll find is you have to segment based on your audience, which means that you're tailoring each email to your audience, mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily about quantity of people receiving the emails, but more about the quality that you're putting out and giving to them, making sure it's right for them. So here's here's what I would say. If you have an audience of like 3,000 people, it might sound great. Like you have 3,000 emails who will get your email or the <laughs> 3,000 addresses that will get your email. That might feel like a vanity metric and make you feel really good. But if you can send five really high value emails to 200 people each. I don't even know if that math added up. No. Yeah, it did. It's fine. <laughs> That's under 3,000. Um, if you send that out, that could give you way more return and you send it out to a smaller portion of people, yeah. but you sent them the right thing, if that makes sense. <laughs> but so how do you combat it? Because we work with a lot of small businesses. Yeah. They may not have thousands of contacts. Mm -hmm. They may only have 100, do you still segment it then or do you just send it to the 100? If you can, yes, but also I wouldn't necessarily view smaller email audiences as bad. Okay. Like honestly, even especially if you got them to sign up and it's 100 people who signed up, mm -hmm. that is so much, so much worthwhile than 3,000 who didn't and yeah. that you got off of some conference list or something like yeah. that. Or even like, obviously, if they're in your contact list already, you do have a right to send them the email. Mm -hmm. But any of the email platforms like MailChimp, Constant Contact, Send in Blue, they're going to favor signups more yes. than you putting in your emails. Because once again, it seems spammy <laughs> to just import 500 contacts that you're going to email so if you like also are posting like, hey, sign up for a newsletter on LinkedIn, have a place on your website, mm -hmm. that's going to help with your audience too. Yeah. And you will get blacklisted if you do not adhere to the best practices mm -hmm. of protecting people's data. So if you just download 5,000 email addresses, do not clean them at all, and then send them an unwanted email, your domain will get flagged and it is so difficult to get your domain unflagged. Yes. So it's just from the beginning, make sure that you are sending emails to people who want the emails and that value them. And then making sure you are not spammy. <laughs> like yes. do not do that. Have all the best practices in place to protect yourself. Yeah. And I think that with the segmenting thing, 
when you're doing the signups and all that, you can have them check. Like I wanted to receive these kind of updates and that's already segmenting it for you because you know what they're interested in. Yes. That is a big plus of having like the right contact form and the right information. Yeah. So when should they send these emails? Okay. So when's a big question because it's not just like when in the year or how often it's also like what time of day what day what day of the week is best and we'll give you our recommendations and our best practices but in terms of how often and when to send it in the year there's a lot of different methods morgan what when do you like to send them i love a quarterly newsletter Mm -hmm. i think it's frequent enough that people it reminds them that you're around obviously You have time to get the content for the email, so you're not constantly having to find something new every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can actually like use content you've already posted a few months ago and like reuse it and get it re-promoted. So that's always a bonus. Yeah. So I think it's a good frequency. Um, if I couldn't do quarterly for whatever reason, I would say at least every two months would be my minimum. Yeah. I So I have done quarterly before. Sometimes I've done like bouts of monthly monthly Mm -hmm. seems like a lot like you never want to annoy the people you're marketing to I feel like I always say that I'm like that's really important that you're not annoying people (laughs) like we we didn't become marketers to annoy people (laughs) if you send like weekly emails and it gets really too much for that person they're just gonna hit unsubscribe yes or like constantly delete. And if they constantly delete or even worse, mark y'all as spam, then that's definitely gonna black like blacklist your domain and that's very bad. So you do not wanna annoy people. Um, so keep that in mind. But I've done quarterly, bouts of monthly. But recently my favorite is to actually coordinate it around industry events. Mm-hmm. Because to me, industry events are kind of like hot spots of conversation if you're looking at like a calendar like that's when conversations are going on and if it's a big enough industry event it's actually guiding the conversation in the industry as a whole Mm -hmm. so you can take advantage of that so like for example if there's like a hydrogen event in energy then for a while a lot of linkedin is going to be about hydrogen and it's going to be a lot about research papers and stuff like that because a lot of industry players are going to that event if you have a well-timed email newsletter about a topic like that, and then mm-hmm. you have similar interest points that you can incorporate, value-adding material about that topic, that's the perfect time to send the email. And you're not necessarily arbitrarily assigning. I like quarterly emails for the reasons you already said, but I also like kind of going the industry event route too. Yeah. I, when you think about it, like even B2C, they do it around events. Mm-hmm. Holidays is a big time yeah. to be sending emails seasonal stuff yeah that makes sense also if you know like when budgets are being planned or submitted then you know like that'd be a great time to yeah. have like here's how to budget for my product or service and things like that and then that's definitely high value add and at the right time yeah or obviously we're oil and gas industry we work with a lot of those clients mm-hmm. if there's a new regulation that yes. gets passed and you're like i can provide the services that's needed for yeah. them to adhere to those standards send out an email yeah remind them And they're going to be a top of mind when they're thinking about how am I going to solve that particular problem. So that's like when in the year to send it. But you also have to answer the question of like what day of the week and then what time of day. Mm -hmm. So days of the week, look, my only hard and fast rule with that is don't send it on Fridays. No Fridays and I don't think Mondays. Yeah, because Mondays everyone's getting everything all at once and they're like overwhelmed and just getting caught up. Like they'll have... 70 emails in their inbox yeah. and then you're like the last on their list because they're trying to work their way up so yeah fridays and mondays are no-go 
But Tuesdays and Thursdays are promising. Mm-hmm. I tend to send on Thursdays just because, but Tuesdays mm. and Thursdays are pretty good. I see the best stats on Tuesdays. Interesting. Yeah. I, but it also really depends on your yeah company and what you're wanting to promote. So For sure. Now, time of day. Don't send in the afternoon because everyone's trying to like wrap up or they got a ton of emails throughout the day. So that's not so great. I tend to like sending them kind of right before a day starts because yeah. then you're kind of at the top and at least they'll see you. Um, so I do like seven to nine. Yeah. You want to catch them before they go in for their meeting. Yeah. And typically when you get to work, you're kind of chilling for a little bit, getting all getting your stuff pulled it. up. Mm-hmm. So. so you kind of want to catch them right then. Yeah. That's a good time for you. And everyone will open your email in like the first two days. Mm-hmm. So don't expect like if no one's opening it the first two days, no one's going to open it. Like you're not going to have this sudden resurgence in like the third yeah. or fourth day. Like that email just didn't hit. So yeah. try again. Optimize. We're mm-hmm. talking about that. Yeah, definitely test it. Mm-hmm. Um, next thing, content. What should you include in your newsletter email? It all depends. You already talked about it's a great way to repurpose content that you've posted on other channels that mm-hmm. maybe people aren't on. So we do a lot of LinkedIn content management, but shocker to us, I know, mm-hmm. <laughs> not everyone is on LinkedIn. <laughs> so they can still see your materials, even if they're not on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. if you send out an email to your key client list. And then you can also promote like key call to actions, like mm-hmm. key value adds, um, things you want people to download or enter their information for. You can put that up top and kind of guide their media consumption that way. Yeah. And something with that, going back to LinkedIn content. So articles actually have like the lowest engagement rate on LinkedIn. Yeah. Funny enough. Um, <laughs> even lower than like external links. Um, yeah. So I like sharing, resharing articles on newsletters because I'm like, not a lot of people probably viewed it on LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. let's get it back out there. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And then you spend all that time writing that article. So why not use it in multiple ways? Yeah. So people can read it. Yeah. None of your content should just be like a one and done. Yes. I'm not going to touch again. Yeah, so use that's newsletters. Not the most efficient use of resources no. to do that way. Okay. And then lastly, we'll talk about optimization. More so specifically the A-B testing and the importance of that. Yes. So A-B testing, for those who don't know, is literally comparing version A to version B and seeing which one does better so that you can optimize the final product. Um, email is great for this. A-B testing was basically like made for email, and then it's also used a little bit on websites. It's really hard to do on social media, especially organic channels. Paid, you can for sure do. Mm-hmm. Like paid ads, definitely A-B test those. But organic's real hard because you like post one thing and you can't necessarily control who sees it because mm-hmm. it's organic. But email's a great avenue to A-B test and optimize certain content. And what you learn on email A-B testing, you can kind of incorporate into other channels too, because it kind of gives you a sense of what your audience is looking for. So you you can A-B test subject lines, times of day, um, how you put links in, how you format titles, whether or not you use images. And honestly, it takes the guesswork out of like, what should my email look like? Mm -hmm. Because you can try different things. Yeah. And I would say with that, really, it's going to take probably at least two or three emails to start establishing trends. So don't just like send that one email and be like, this worked perfectly. Let me do (laughs) this all the time. Like A-B test and send multiple emails and then draw conclusions. Yeah. It's honestly all about iterating and perfecting with A-B testing. You're never going to just come up with the perfect email in the first draft. A-B testing is what allows you to make sure that what you're putting out is the optimized version of what you want to send. Mm -hmm. So that is 
great to know and great to incorporate. It's also very easy to do because all you have to do is randomly assign a little subset to either A or B. You don't necessarily have to have a fancy program to do it. You can just literally manually send A and manually send B to your randomly selected folks and then compare the results. Yeah, it's easy to do. And a lot of the mass email platforms like MailChimp, SendInBlue, they have A-B testing built into them too if you pay for that plan. So it can even get simpler. Yeah, 100%. Really no reason not to. Yeah. (laughs) If you can A-B test, you need to be. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. So next we're moving into how to avoid becoming what you hate when you think about email marketing um, right after this short little break. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back from your break. I hope it was enjoyable. I don't even think it's that long. I think we just play a little song. (laughs) Maybe you paused it. Maybe you went to go, like, drink water or something. (laughs) Hydrate is so important. (laughs) But anyway, welcome back. We're glad you're here. We're going to talk about how to avoid becoming the worst version of emails (laughs) and why that's so important. But first, we have to define what a good and bad email Mm -hmm. is. So Morgan... What are what are your faves when it comes to emails? I love a good email that appeals to scarcity. Like if it's saying like sale ends at midnight mm-hmm. or this is going quick, especially when the email like has tracked what I've looked at on a website and they're like only 10 left in stock. I'm opening that and like <laughs> looking at all that stuff. Yeah. So personalization is also yes. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love when it says like my name and it's not just like, hello. It's like, hi, Morgan. <laughs> so personal yeah it makes me feel like I'm actually like talking getting an email from someone I know like, yeah that is a good thing mm-hmm. and it actually is easy to do on a fair amount if yeah. you have that data what but about I, you what do you like um what do I like I like newsletters a lot I do email though I f- email I do read those emails um so I like those I like ones that help me with my job because usually mm-hmm. I subscribe to emails for my job yeah. so I want to stay in the know so like news updates are good I like them when they're shorter um I like them when they give me like the information in the email and I know that's not necessarily great for like tracking purposes because mm-hmm. they want me to click on things but in terms of value add like I just want to know what I need to know in yeah. the email and so I feel like that goes back to the skimmability too. Like, yeah, you don't want to have to search for all this stuff if it's laid out right there for you. Yeah. I also like it when they're like, here's a valuable little thing. And they give me something. I like that. Like yeah. a coupon. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Here's yes. a little coupon. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you. So I like that. What about things we hate? Like, what can you just not stand? Mine's definitely a hot take <laughs> because I just hate emojis. Like, and I don't, I, I know that there's a place for them, especially in B2C emails, like emojis are fine. Mm-hmm. I don't like if when they're in the subject line, like that seems like super spamming to me. I'm like, how did you get an emoji in there? And then <laughs> if I can like see the preview, I don't like that. Oh, another thing with the preview is I don't like when it says like images cannot be loaded, it like, has errors with that. Cause I'm like, I know it's probably on my end because it's not like optimized for those images, but I'm like, I don't want to have to go in and then like tell it to load all the images just to see it. I'm like, I'm not going to do it then. It's not that important. Yeah. Images are complicated to work with, with emails. Okay. So here's another important thing to know about designing emails that I forgot. I should have mentioned this in the fundamentals, but it came to me now. So emails, fun fact, are notoriously antiquated in terms of like how they are designed. So 
a little bit of web design history. Just stick with me. <laughs> so at the very beginning of websites in the dark ages, um, websites were basically really big tables that were like published. And that's how things were organized on a website is like they had like the header row. And then they had like, even if you know HTML a little bit, like it says like header and yeah. like H1, H2, that kind of stuff. Like it's very structured and it was all in like a table format. So that old way of website design went into emails when email started becoming a thing and then never improved. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. That's so shocking. it is old, old HTML. Like you can't even really apply a lot of, um, if you know what CSS is, like cascading style sheets, that's the thing that styles the HTML. You can't even really apply that very well on emails. And then when you do, it's like, it always kind of messes up based off the email platform that you're reading it. So designing emails is not for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm. And usually simple is best. And usually text is best. So if you don't have enough text on an email and you have more pictures than text, you're going to be able to spam because that those pictures have to be downloaded. And if things have to be downloaded on an email, then you're at risk for mm -hmm. downloading viruses and it's all bad things. So don't be, don't be mistaken for a phishing email. That's real bad. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so text is good. Making sure your images are labeled, your subject line makes sense. Your domain is verified, all the good things to make sure, but emails are real hard to style. So don't go too crazy. <laughs> they're, they're real bad. And what might show up great on Gmail is going to show up terrible on Outlook. Yeah. They're all different. Mm-hmm. Ugh. We got such a nice tangent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go back. <laughs> Is there anything you hate about emails besides that? <laughs> um, what do I hate? I hate getting multiple emails from the same company in the same day. Oh, yeah. Or even the same week. Honestly. Like, I don't want to keep having to delete it off. And I want to know when your sales are. That's why I subscribe. Okay. Obviously, I'm talking about B2C here. But when I subscribe to, like my fashion outlets. <laughs> I want to know when the sales are. I don't want to know about your new line. You know, yes. like that's not what I'm there for. And I definitely don't want to know about like the fourth new t-shirt you have in a one week. Yes. Um, I think that's like why I subscribe to a lot of B2C emails too, is because it's like sign up for sales? emails now and get 10% off. And I'm like, I love a good deal. <laughs> yeah. Sign up for emails and I just don't unsubscribe. So that's also a good way to promote email subscriptions mm -hmm. for B2B. Like don't say 10% off, but like <laughs> say something like get a free download or free white papers or a free like audit. Yeah. Or free audit, like that. free something, yeah. something that's valuable to them. Yeah. Give them something in exchange. Okay. So now that we're talking about value, and talking about how to integrate that for our B2B audiences, what do we typically do? We already talked about repurposing content mm -hmm. that is from the beginning written for value. Yeah. What else? Um, you can find industry articles and mm -hmm. put those in your emails. It's kind yeah. of, I think of it, so a big thing with sales is obviously like also giving them gifts. I mean, like, hey, I saw this book or this yep. article that I think you'd be interested in. And that's to me what an email newsletter should be doing is like, hey, I saw this. I think you'd have a lot of interest in it. It's not necessarily like my company, but I think yeah. it still has value. Yeah. Agreed. Um, also make sure that you're writing to your audience, not to you. We all understand how great your brand is, but your audience definitely does not care. Yeah. So make sure that you're talking about how great they are and how to solve their issues in life. Mm -hmm. Um, we already talked about testing and segmenting your emails yeah. to make sure they're great. Um, and making sure that you're sending things to people that really want them <laughs> and that won't just delete it immediately. Yeah. And always have that unsubscribe option because yes. if they can't unsubscribe, you're going to get flagged with spam. I actually think 
You like have to. Like you're yeah. legally required to have it unsubscribed. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people hide it or like do the fake links, like the spam ones. Yeah. They have fake little unsubscribes. Yes. You know what? Okay. So I am subscribed to this particular, I didn't even subscribe. It was like forced. <laughs> I signed up for one thing from this hotel chain and then I was subscribed to their email list and I literally had to like call someone to unsubscribe because mm-hmm. their email was so annoying and I'm still subscribed. Oh. I'm like, I hate this. As a marketer, I hate this because you're giving a bad name to emails and yeah. they can be useful, but you're ruining it for everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that was a hefty episode. That had yeah. a lot of good tips and advice for pretty like actionable advice actually for yeah. email and how to get started, making sure that you're not becoming the spammy emailer that everyone hates and that our clients really want to avoid <laughs> becoming, which we understand. We don't want to be annoying either. No. That's the worst. Um, so in conclusion, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We come out, not our email list. Yeah. <laughs> you can subscribe. Do we even have an email We don't list? have an email list, but we promise we won't be spammy. <laughs> Let us know if you want an email <laughs> from us. We would actually, we would do pretty good. We wouldn't be Maybe we'll have an all. email list coming soon. <laughs> Stay tuned for the, that. The episode that started it all. Yeah. But in the meantime, subscribe to this podcast and we'll see you again when we post our next episode. Yeah. Bye okay. guys. Bye.